Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. everybody how you doing well that's good you're listening to phly flyers that's right phly my name is bill Matz. i am your director of fun and games for the for the evening it's actually the evening, yeah, like evening four works we can time. say evening exactly. i always said it like when i was doing overnight show it was like two in the morning i'd be like oh, i'm your director for the and people call up be like you know it's like the morning or the middle of the night right see yeah. I, I think the evening is it kind of just the, the whole day the evening is at any time number one when it's dark yeah i don't care if it's past midnight it's the evening it's when the it's evening. dark and then when it starts to get less sunny it's also kind of the evening i am your director of fun and games for the evening joining me as always philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter charlie o'connor how you doing today chuck doing good actually just came right from Voorhees. so first time back in the facility first time I'm watching That's, players on the ice in formal fashion. Charlie, a uh, Charlie, a Philadelphia dweller. So he probably doesn't have to go to the Burbs that often. Is like this whole summer, probably. Not really. Um, how was that drive back into the city for you? It wasn't great. <laughs> Basically, got caught in three separate traffic jams. It has got been here a, in time for the show, but it, it, yeah, it not has the best. been a goddamn mess for months. <laughs> it's and been awful. Uh, they're, they're lanes shut down on the bridge, reformatting 42. It's insane. Anyway, you're not here to talk about this. We have a <laughs> lot to get to with the Flyers today. It's there. It's always with the Flyers when it rains, it pours. It's never one thing. It's not like rookie camp started. Let's talk about that. Uh, Mark Recchi's getting into the Hall of Fame. They the ice, which is apparently something people care about. <laughs> so we're going to get into deal. all of it. And I want to start out with the <sighs> shout out my girl, Kelly Hinkle, my fellow Mark Recchi hater. <laughs> uh, Recchi getting into the Flyers Hall of Fame on January 27th. They announced today uh, when the Flyers play the Bruins at home. And I got to say, this is actually great news because they did not announce his numbers being retired, which is what I was uh, have been afraid of since he got into the actual Hockey Hall of Fame. Because all of their Hall of Famers, their numbers are in the rafters. Right. And oh, man, I, I don't know why I have this. It's like my Senators thing. Um, it's just something dumb I'm never going to get over. And I just don't <laughs> like Mark. Like, he's, he seems like a fine guy. He was an v- excellent hockey player. Uh, but the fact that he, I think he has three rings. None and the Flyers. Um, yeah, none of them are here, even though this is by far the place he spent the longest time, two different tenures. I, he frustrates me. Single, and I take single it out season on record for most yeah, points as a flyer. Like, he's, he's got the numbers, certainly not, has the numbers. He, he's an awesome player. If they did retire his number, there's not like a real argument against it. Yeah. It's just he didn't like I don't know. I don't think of him as a flyer. He's just a mercenary to me who happened to be here a couple of times, even though he's one of the like most prolific flyers ever. I think it's fair. I think there's there's a fair argument to be made that even though Mark Recchi spent a ton of time as a flyer, has great stats as a flyer, that he doesn't qualify as a flyer in the same way that, for example, one of the other people who was nominated for the Hall of Fame did not get in this time. Like I think of Simone Gagne as a flyer. flyer. He's Absolutely. a flyer. One somewhere else. Yeah, he won't like, come to the end. Exactly. He like. 
he's a flyer. Yeah, that's who he Recky is. Recky did a lot of things. He went. He played in a lot of places, and maybe he had his best seasons. Although I'd have to go back and see how he actually played in Pittsburgh because I think he had some really good seasons there too. But and and had some good seasons in Montreal. But like he even though he played a lot for the Flyers, put up great numbers for the Flyers, he doesn't feel to me the same, you know, I only think of it. It's kind of the same thing as much as I love him, kind of the same thing with Roy Halladay, where yeah. it's like, yeah, he was great for the Phillies, loved watching him pitch, one of the favorite people I've ever seen pitch live, but he's it, just as much, if not more, a Toronto Blue Jay than he's and, a Phil. Oh, he's a, he's a Blue Jay. Yeah. Like, we had him for a little bit, and that's that. Yeah. And, the fa- like, and it was great. The fact that he might be the only one of that run to get their number in the rafters bothers me to no end. Oh, he's, like, oh, they're going to retire everyone's number on I that wonder. Team. Oh, I wonder. Oh, they're going to retire them They all. only so far have retired Hall of Famers other than Dick Allen, and they thought he was getting in, and then he didn't. Fair. But, so, I would be I, shocked. And I find that so cowardly. I know we're here to talk about the Flyers, and we're going to do it. We have a show today <laughs> and a show tomorrow. Talk plenty about the Flyers, but I'm just rambling about this. I find it so cowardly when organizations say, hey, a bunch of writers from around the country who decide on the Hall of Fame, you get to choose who our retired numbers are. You didn't watch Chase Utley every day, but if he doesn't get in the hall, I guess we're not going to retire him, even though he's the most beloved player in franchise history. Eh, yeah, but a bunch of guys in St. Louis and L.A. didn't vote for him, so we can't retire his number. They didn't watch him ever, yeah. except for well, the we, L.A. did. Yeah, L.A. Was did there. a couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just, it, it boggles my mind. Anyway, Mark Recchi, congrats, uh, at least in not retiring his number. Shout out, Kelly. I'm thinking congrats about you. Congrats, Mark Reck. Yeah, congrats, Mark Congrats Recky. to Mark Reck. <laughs> um, I'm thinking about you today, Kelly. Um, the other little piece of news before we get into all the rookie camp stuff. The double logo is back, brought the Charlie. double logo back. And this is, listen, uh, this is one of those things that... Um, Sometimes I can make fun of Flyers fans for caring so much about dumb stuff like this. And then people on Twitter are like, you're condescending to Flyers fans. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm... I find caring about this this much dumb, but I will say, one, it does look way better. It's way better looking. It's a return to what was Ed Snyder's preference. He yeah. did not want the red line cutting the logo in half. He, he wanted the logo on each side of the center ice, which it... I, I agree. Looks much better, especially when you don't have like a uh, like the Phantoms logo. If you cut that in half, okay, yeah, because it's symmetrical. Yeah, and also the, it's like the Phantoms is, logo is whatever. It's it's. I just mean it's not like, iconic like I the just, Flyers like, logo. When you have a symmetrical logo, you like yeah. But when it's the Flyer, like it just looks weird to me. Uh, but they're returning to the way it was, and the the reaction to this has been phenomenal. Like people are actually excited, which makes me. As much as I don't think it's a big deal, it's a big deal to other people, that, so yeah. it's a big deal. That That's the big thing, where, like, to me, these sorts of things are have never been and are not that big of a deal, but that's the thing. There's there's two groups of people here. There's the group of people who are just, like, whatever, sure, it looks cool, I guess, and then there's the group of people that are really, really excited. Like, no one's mad about this. No. There's, it, so it was a no-brainer, which is why it, which is why you think to yourself, why did you change it in the first place? Just, because all it was going to do was piss people off. There was going to be some people who are going to be like, whatever, who cares? No one was going to be excited that they changed it. And then a lot of people who are very much on the, you know, we have to stay true to every single thing Ed Snyder wanted and every single part of the organization that Ed Snyder helped to build. The people that really, really consider that to be a core part of their Flyers fandom were going to be livid. So why did you change it? It's just, it's so easy to change it back. I'm glad they're doing it because it matters to people it who matters, are diehard fans. And I'm glad that they're getting what they want. I will say. It's one of those things that costs nothing. Exactly. If it's what the exactly. fans want, give it to them. Yeah. Because it's a little bit of goodwill. Yeah. Like, it, it, the people, again, there's no one who's like, oh, this is a bad exactly. move. Exactly. Exactly. And the people who absolutely hate Dave Scott and Valerie Camillo and that whole previous regime, you're getting your wish. Yeah, exactly. This is them, exactly. This is them undoing something yeah. that, like, to you, threw dirt on the name of Ed Snyder. <laughs> exactly. Like, and so they're undoing it, and it's just a little bit of goodwill, and that's what teams in this position need to do. Yeah, you, you're going to be bad that. on the ice. Yeah. Throw the fans some goodwill. And now there's two logos for uh, for service dogs to uh, to use. Oh, I forgot uh, about that uh, one. Geez, it was, <laughs> I mean, uh, the perfect meme. The absolute per- So that's, that's that with the, uh, you know, tangential stuff that's going on with the Flyers right now. So we have to get to day one of rookie camp charlie and before camp even officially began freaking hockey players man like you know what hockey players like doing 
drinking beer and playing hockey. They That's do. That's pretty much it's it. kind of their ideal life. Like they play an 82 game regular season, hopefully about a hundred games. If you get to the Stanley cup final, I mean, no flyers and any, unless they get traded, <laughs> the deadline isn't any worry about playing a yeah. hundred games, but an yeah. 82 game regular season, there's preseason games, morning skates, practices. What happens when you get eliminated? Either you don't make the playoffs. So you get kicked out early. You go to the world championships. Like they just play hockey. The veterans showed up today and played a, pre-practice scrimmage, <laughs> which included the return of Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. Now, Couturier was practicing at the end the of thing last is, year. They've been doing yes. this. This was just the first time of everyone. the media yeah, was there was, because we're here for rookie camp. in front of everyone. Yeah, the, this is kind of the same thing that happened last year where, from what I've been told, well, not from what I've been told, we know last year that John Tortorella sent the letter that basically said, <laughs> come back by September 1st or else. Well, I was told that another letter did go out again. <laughs> this is a thing. Again, everybody pretty much was back by September 1st, and since then, they've been doing these kind of impromptu scrimmages just to get in shape for the torts camp of death. So that's all really this was. I think what this was for fans, particularly of the online variety, is they've been told that the Flyers expect Sean Gattieri and Cam Atkinson to be ready. They're healthy. We swear they're healthy. We're telling you they're healthy. This is the first time fans saw visual and, and, yeah. and video evidence that, yes, these people have not gone the way of Ryan Ellis. Yeah, the Flyers, they can still play hockey. The Flyers expect Ryan Ellis and Nolan Patrick back at some point, too. And it was like, okay, it didn't happen. Yeah, there, so there's a the, lot. There's the not much faith here. No, the, as much as we talked yesterday, like... Is, part of believing in the rebuild is trusting the organization and I laughed like I listened back and like I had a well-timed laugh there <laughs> but it's it is a new organization and I guess we do have to give them that clean slate but this is like the balance of fandom where the organization gets blamed for the sins of the past because the logo is the same. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, we have this, oh, the Phillies are going to blow it. And it's like, what does Bryce Harper have to do with 1964? You know, <laughs> but yeah. the, we carry all that in our heads. Like, no, sure. it's it's not your career. It's the entirety. And the entirety of the Flyers, at least for the last decade or so, is dudes just disappear. <laughs> and it looks like they're back. Couturier, man. I forgot he missed basically two. Like I thought, I was like, oh, he played like half. He played 29 games in 2021-22 uh, and missed all of last season, as we know. He has not played since December 18th, 2021. It's pretty crazy. And Cam Atkinson, two years. he missed the final nine games of that season and then again missed all of last year. Hasn't played since April of, uh, of 2022. This is kind of crazy that they're getting these guys back, and it's like, oh, yeah, everything worked. Yeah, I, well, we'll see. Everything's worked to the point where they can play. Yeah. Now, really, the big remaining question, assuming they both are able to come back, they both play, they both don't re-injure whatever was going on there, the big question is what will they be now? Because Cam Atkinson is 34 years old, Sean Gattieri is 31. This is already the age for both guys where both these guys would be tailing off a bit, aren't the same guys they used to be. Now they're both in their 30s and coming off major injuries. So while I personally, because number one, I have to watch this team regardless. I'd like to watch good hockey players because that's fun. I would very much like, especially if Sean Gutierrez can come back pretty darn close to what he was pre-injury because he was one of my favorite players in the NHL to watch because of all the little details of his game, all the things he does well, all the things that you pick up watching him in person that you don't necessarily notice on television. So I want to see him, especially, I obviously want to see Cam Atkinson come back healthy too, but we have no idea what these guys are going to be like. I mean, Sean Gattieri was a borderline 1C before this injury. He might be a second-line center. He might be a third-line center. Cam Atkinson might just not be able to keep up the play anymore at age 34. Like, we don't know. So these guys, number one, have to prove they can play, but number two, they have to prove they can play at some level close to where they were before these injuries. I just love, like, I turn... Uh I think about this all the time now because I turned 35 in like two weeks. And Happy birthday. I just, I Early think, birthday. Yeah, it's whatever. <laughs> uh, but like, I, I think of the I think of the tweet from a, it was like a couple of years ago, probably at this point. But it's like, look at him out there. Oh, a yeah. miracle. 34 years old. The oldest man in the league. Oldest player in the <laughs> league. Like, You're like, I got my whole life ahead of me. I'm, I'm, I'm like only halfway. <laughs> Maybe a third, hopefully. And it's like, no, he's it's over. But that's that's kind of when I wanted 
wanted to get to because we talked a little yesterday about how this team isn't going to tank, but we expect them to be bad. And it's good that they're bad right now. You know, we want them in the top five of the draft. How do you think 31-year-old Couturier coming back from back surgery, 34-year-old Atkinson coming back from neck surgery are going to maybe impact the rebuild? I... I don't worry as much about Atkinson because to me, like to me, Atkinson, even pre-injury, he was more of a... He scores goals, but he doesn't win you games. Yeah, he's a nice piece. He's a guy who can be part of a really good team, but he's not moving the needle dramatically. Couturier is a needle mover. Now, he's not going to turn you by himself into a cup contender. Like, let's not get ahead of ourselves here. You could go from four to ten. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You can make a, you know, a six, seven point boost because you have Sean Couturier. Because the thing with Couturier is that not only, like... Atkinson's a guy where he's going to get his points. If he's close to what he was before, he's going to get his points. He's going to get his goals. Sean Gatteri isn't just going to get his goals and his points. Sean Gatteri is going to make the players around him better, and take too. away goals from the other team. Exactly. And the positive of Gatteri coming back, if he's close to what he was, and this is the thing I'm the most hopeful about, is that I think he could help the development of some of the younger players. You know, you put, we, we've talked about the idea of, you know, well, Gatteri about Konechny, that'd be great. And honestly, it probably will be if Gatteri is healthy because they've worked well together. Together, but I'd love to see what Couturier can, can do with Owen Tippett. I'd like to see what Couturier can do with Tyson Forrester. Like, those are the types of things. Because you were asking a lot of these young wingers that are still developing, you were asking them to develop in the NHL with, and I really like him, but with Noah Cates, with Morgan Frost as your centers. Like, there's a big difference between those guys who are still learning how to do everything at the NHL level and developing alongside Sean Couturier, who can do all of the difficult things so you can go out there and focus on achieving your ceiling as a player so to me yes you might get hurt a little bit because Katuri might get you a few extra wins and maybe that hurts you in the draft a little bit but you might make up for that by the fact that his presence will make it better a better developmental environment for the players that you need to develop if you want to turn this around quicker than people as quick as people want it to turn around and also in the um what, 40, 45 minutes he's not on the ice in any given game. Look at the red, like, <laughs> yeah, look fair. at that defense out there. Yeah, know? yeah. But I will, like, in terms of just helping guys develop, just the idea, like, we're slotting Noah Cates in as, I like, guess the two Sean, Couturier, the Sean Couturier light. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's how, it seems to me, it would be a lot easier to learn that role with Sean Couturier on the bench next to you. Like, you look at the iPad together. Yeah. And it's yeah. not just, okay, we'll watch some film of Sean, and this is what we want you to do. It's, no, like, you guys are you guys are the one and two C, basically, yeah. probably. Yeah. And you go from there. I, I can only see it as a good thing. Uh, that said, and we got a uh, Twitter question today from our old pal, uh, our old pal Adam Bortz. Uh, I oh, didn't yeah, have time to Adam. send it as a, as a graphic, but he asked, who should be the most motivated to elevate their stats to become a trade candidate at or before the deadline? He's thinking Cam Atkinson. And that's like looking at Sean Couturier, they so badly just need him to be healthy because he's in the second year of the eight-year $7.75 yeah, million. Dollar he's, cap. A, like, he's functionally and logistically untradeable, yes. number one because he's got so much time left on that deal. Number two, because he actually has a full no-movement clause. Full no-move so, until the eighth year in yeah. which he has a 10-team trade list with a huge, with, you know, 7.75 yeah. cap hit. He's not going anywhere, but I just think of Cam Atkinson. This year, next left on his deal, 5.875, and this is where only having the one retained salary comes in. Like, to me, if Cam Atkinson has five goals in the first couple of weeks of the season, you're calling everyone. Like, what do you want? What, 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 what will you give us? He can kill penalties. He can sco- score goals for you. Cam Atkinson's back. Like, this is a dude who I do not expect to be here by the end of the season. Yeah, I think, and my guess as to how this will work, because I've thought about the, the, the possibility of Cam Atkinson potentially being traded. And the way I think it's going to ultimately work is, number one, he has to show he can stay healthy. Number two, he has to show he's still useful. Number three, and I think this is because... Like, Briere and Jonesy, they want to build an organization where they take care of their players. And there's such an existing respect there between Tortorella and Atkinson that they're not going to do him wrong. So I think what will probably happen is if Atkinson can play 
and can play pretty well, they're gonna you know give him maybe a month and a half, two months of, of showing two that. Two weeks, yes. Yeah. Was, was but a few months to convince yeah. other teams, and then Torts will probably call Cam Atkinson into his office and be like, Cam, let's have a conversation here. You know where we're at as an organization. You have a year and a half year. You have a year and a half left on your deal. Do you want to stay a part of this team? Because if you do, we'll keep you. If you want to be here, if that's your thing, we're not going to trade you away because we feel like we have to. But if you want to go chase down a cup, you haven't won one yet. You're 34 years old. Would you be open to a trade? And if he says yes, which look, I I don't know Cam Atkinson personally. I've interviewed him. I think he's a guy who would love to win. I think he would probably say yes, but I don't think it's something that would be done without his consent, without him saying, yeah, yes, yeah. look for a new place for me because I want to try to get a ring. I would have to imagine. He, who would want to be on a bad team? Yeah, if, if you, you have have a choice. go to a good team, who would want to be on a purposefully, not purposefully, but a, a team that's not looking to get better in any, yeah. you know, you're not going to be celebrating a ton of wins. I have to believe one of the most fun things about being a professional athlete is celebrating a win, and they're not going to do that a lot. I mean, it's, it's a like, fun thing when you're just playing pickup games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, cashing the checks is probably really yeah, fun, but he I gets imagine. to do that no matter what. Yeah, like, if, winning probably a lot of fun. Um, Sean Couturier, I know he said. Like, oh, you know, I want to, and a lot of guys have said this. Travis Sanheim signed the co contract. I think TK has said it, but it's like they want to stick around and be quote unquote part of the solution. If you could give Sean Couturier some truth serum, would he, have, would he unsign that contract if he could? Probably because I'm sure. Although he, with the injury, yeah, he well, does have yeah, some. Now he wouldn't because yeah. he'd be like, "I want that money. Yeah. I would never get that he kind of money if it hit the open market." This is why you signed the, the contract. Exactly. But if we're talking purely of a, would I commit to the Flyers? No, because when he signed that contract, the Flyers, at least internally, maybe not the fans, but internally in the organization, they still thought they could turn it around. Kateri thought he was signing up to be part of a good team for the next eight years. These people are more. Well, that doesn't. Thank look like it's going to happen. That said, I, I think with Couture, I think they would have a conversation with him. Again, this is the caveat of he has to prove he's healthy, he has to prove he's still useful. But the thing with Couturier is, number one, I do think he really does like it here. I think he does feel a genuine connection with the organization. They drafted him. I mean, we talked about when he signed that contract that he might end his career with the most games played in Flyers history if he plays the length of the contract. Now, with the injuries, we'll see. Seasons, but yeah. it was possible, and I think Couturier really that, – that was important to him. It was important to him to position himself to be kind of a Flyers legend. And there is a scenario here, a, be, a best-case scenario really probably for everyone – is Couturier comes back, he's healthy, he plays well, maybe there's a bit of a drop-off, but it's not dramatic, and he might start thinking to himself, you know what, I'm under contract through the rest of this decade. Why don't I stick around, I try to help this team develop, and then I still believe when I'm 35, 36, I'm still going to be a good NHL player, and then I can be a role player on the next great Flyers team with Matt Mitchkov as the first-line right wing and Cutter Goji as the first-line center and all these great defensemen that we developed. He might think to himself, yeah, the next two, three, four years might be rough, but I want to see this through because they have to, they have to let me see it through. Yeah. They can't trade me, and I think the organization is going enough in the right direction that I want to be part of it. Now, obviously, a big part of that that is going to be, can he still be good? And we'll see. And can he still be good three, four years down the road? But honestly, NHL players always think they're going to be good forever. That, that's and how you are a professional athlete. There's, and to me, there's like a balancing act, uh, like Sean Couturier. Well, he never really, he's got better hands than, than I think people believe him to, but it, it's never been like his, his high end skill or definitely not his speed. So like if he loses a step, well, he didn't have a step to begin with. It is his IQ. Yeah. It's his position. It's knowing how to play hockey. I can see him being like uh, an overpaid Jordan Stahl type. Yeah, role I could player. absolutely see that. Yeah. And, and the cap's going to go up dramatically in the next few years. So suddenly, you know, yeah, he, you know, in five, Five years, could he be overpaid at 7.75? Yeah, but he might not be ridiculously overpaid. But also, in five years, hopefully your best player is on an ELC exactly. in his prime. Exactly. Matt Mitchkov, we said his name again. There we go. Check. Um, <laughs> so, bet on us saying it, and, and I don't know if you can place it here, but I got to tell you about our 
our friends over at DraftKings. That wasn't a great one. It wasn't a, I, I, yeah, in my it was, head, it was, it was good. It was like 6 out of 10. In my maybe head, it was 5.5 out of 10. It didn't come out right. But yeah. football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? It's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action, though, this season. You always see these. Oh, well, I'm already a draft. King's customer. How does this help me? Yeah. You get no one's getting left out here uh, this football season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. When there's football on, you got an offer. Whether you're an existing customer, new customer, doesn't matter. So get in on the NFL Week Two action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY. That's code PHLY to sign up. New new customers can bet just five dollars and take home two hundred instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbooks with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Here we go. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Uh, in Connecticut, help is available for problems gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts in Kansas, you have to be 21 plus. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.com. DraftKings.com slash football terms for eligibility, terms, and responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Solid. Not bad. I I did love the one commenter saying, (laughs) Charlie, who's your bet on being the next captain? (laughs) That's good. Props to you. I want to make that a shirt. (laughs) And just puts it all together. Uh, So just just to wrap up Sean Couturier, I am excited to see him back just because, like he's... We got to watch every game. Now, yeah, I hope they go 0-82 and and get the first overall pick and things just keep falling in line for this team to be great in three years. But... We gotta watch every game. Exactly. It's really, really bad hockey when they're just out there, no idea what to do, stuck in the defensive zone the whole time. It's not an entertaining game. Hey, we if all we all be, watch the 2021, 2022 could, season, yes. right? If they could work really hard for three one losses, three two losses. I'm fine with that. Like, I just want to see a little bit of more competent hockey and with Sean Couturier and hopefully Cam Atkinson as well. We're gonna get that, but I don't think it's really gonna like kill the rebuild no i mean their top pair is still probably travis sanheim or razzarissa linen okay like let, let's let's inject a little reality like, into this conversation even need to, that's all like, <laughs> the top pair is sanheim and rista linen the end yeah they're not go. gonna win a ton of games all right so now let's uh let's Let's go to rookie camp, as Charlie did uh, this morning, this afternoon. Chuck was there, you know, just got here by the skin of his teeth, thanks to all that NJ traffic. Gotta love but it. What, uh, what did they do today? Anything out of the ordinary? I, we actually got a good question uh, from Savellan Forrest on Twitter that I didn't even think, but is Torts there? Like, what were your, what were your takeaways? Well, little, is Torts there? It's a little he... hard to tell because the perch is so far away. I saw Danny Briere, obviously. Um, I did not personally see Torts. However, that doesn't mean he wasn't there. I, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but John Tortorella isn't the tallest guy in the world. <laughs> so if he was on the other side of the perch, he would kind of be blocked you by everyone him? else. Because he's like an intimidating sort of you like would presence. Think he's tall. You yeah. think he's like 6'4", and he's not. No, he's, he's, no, he's well under 6'4". He's like Danny's size. <laughs> Like, he's not a big guy. He's just scary. So it's possible he was there. I don't want to say he wasn't. I just did not see him. Uh, My guess is that he's around. If he wasn't on the perch, he's probably here in some form or another, especially. I I don't know if he'll go up to the rookie game. My guess is he won't. But he'll probably be there at least for next week, I would think. But, yeah, the rookie camp, I would say the first day was pretty, pretty quiet. The, the sessions were short. I think they started at around 1130. They were done by around 1230. They only had the one session. Um, just a lot of rushes. I think just in general, getting the guys back, you know, shaking the rust off, getting Touch them back the on pucks, the ice. Get your legs under them. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot there. The games are the big thing. This is when the guys are going to be able to show, look at how much progress I made. I want to make a big push to make this team. And not everyone at this rookie camp 
is going to have a shot at making the scene. There are 25 people at this camp, maybe 24. Uh, J.R. Avon, one of their uh, their lesser prospects, he didn't make our top 20 list, but but he scored some points in juniors, so he's intriguing. Uh, we were told he did not skate today. We were told that he was getting um, some upper, upper body issues looked at, that he's questionable for these games this weekend. But other than that, there's still 24 guys that are that are going to be able to play in these games. Out of those, there's only a select few that actually have even a snowball chance of making the team, and those are the guys obviously we're going to focus on the most. Yeah, and that's uh, you actually we put together this graphic here. You've broken them down into some categories. You have the long shots, uh, Bobby Brink and. Hell J. Grons. Hell J. Grons. Yes. There you go. Uh, the truly battling for spots, Elliot Desnoyers, Emile Andre, and Adam Ginning. You said Ginning yesterday, and that's the first time I ever heard it not Ginning. I didn't. That's, it's just how I it's say it in my head. It's supposed to be Ginning, but we specifically, asked, like, um, well, we specifically asked him at development camp, how do you want it to be called? And he, said, like, he said Ginning because... I guess he just doesn't want Y'all are all, idiots. Yeah, he Americans. doesn't want all the North Americans to <laughs> screw it up constantly. Yeah. It's like well, it, like it's supposed to be Provorov, and he was like, "Nah, it's Provorov." Yeah, don't just worry call me Provorov. Don't please, please don't. Exactly. Like, don't even try. And then there's the <laughs> the favorite to make the team, who we've spent a lot of time on the last couple of days, Tyson Forster, uh, who. Maybe he has a situation like Cam York where he has a bad camp and they can't give him the job because like the coach can't come out and you know yell about accountability for for a year yeah. and then go yeah guy sucked here's a here's a roster spot <laughs> like so but we assume because of what we saw from him last year he's gonna make the team but there's a there's a lot of guys we haven't spent a ton of time talking about even though. Like, even though we've done mostly rookie camp stuff the last couple of days, looking at the prospects, the top 20, and one of them on that list actually battling for a spot, Elliot Desnoyers, he got into, he got, he actually did get a call up last year, he played did. He four played NHL well, yeah. games. Uh, I don't think he scored, but he looked pretty good, I, I believe I remember. Uh, and in the AHL, rookie season, age 2021. 20, 44 points, 23 goals in 65 games. Pretty good. Where do you, where do you see him possibly fitting in with this team if he is going to make it? Like you said, he's battling for a spot. Well, I think for him, number one, Ian LaPerriere loves him. The organization loves him. He's the kind of guy that coaches are just going to gravitate to because he does everything a coach wants you to do. He's con- the, the, the effort level is super high. His details, like Ian LaPerriere, we talked to him today, and Ian LaPerriere basically said in terms of details, none of the prospects are closer to being like NHL capable than Elliot Desnoyers. They are very I mean, and this is a guy you mentioned his his point totals and and his numbers in the AHL last year don't scoff at that because Tyson Forrester, we're saying he's probably going to make the team. Tyson Forrester, one of the big reasons why everyone's so excited about him is because he's a great shot because he's going to be a goal scorer. Elite Desnoyers scored three more goals than Tyson Forrester did last year on the same team. So Desnoyers got some skill. He knows how to, to, to produce points. Now, I'm expecting him, if he hits his ceiling, to be more of a Scott Lawton type where he can, you know, you can pop him on the second line for a week or two, but ideally he's in your bottom six. You know, on a great team, he's probably your fourth line center your fourth line wing but on a good team he can be a third liner and be a darn good one for you so don't expect him to be racking up the points but this is a guy who to me looks like a clear-cut future NHLer, and he's gonna find a spot now the big question is can he find a spot at this camp because there's just so much competition for a spot but I think he's going to be very much in the mix. I think he's going to make it a real tough decision for him. And that's always like we saw the juniors point totals and they were big. And then he had a nice season as a you know 20 year old in the yeah. AHL, 21 year old. And you look at his size, 5'10", 188, like nothing special there. Not small, but not a big guy. So you think you know what kind of player he is just looking at all that. And then I've heard so many times like, oh, yeah, more of maybe not a replica of Scott Lawton, but more of the hard working does the little things than you would expect based on stat line and yeah. size, I guess. Yeah. Well, the thing with him was that, so when he got drafted, the reason why he slipped as far as he did is because he was pushed really far down the lineup uh, at his junior team. And he produced decently well for someone who didn't get, you know, top first line, second line minutes, but he didn't have the counting stats that the guys who were getting taken in the first three rounds had. 
That said, all the scouts that I talked to at that draft basically said that, number one, if you look at his rate stats, they're way better. He just didn't get a lot of ice time. Number two, this is a guy who will find a way to be an NHLer because he will, he'll run through a wall for the team. He's that type of guy. And he's the kind of guy where I think it was two summers ago when I was talking with people in the organization, they were essentially saying that he is constantly asking all of us questions about systems, about the team, about the organization, about what, what our aims are for this particular play he is the kind of guy that coaches just love because he thinks like they do and I just unless he really just can't hack it physically it's hard for me to envision a scenario where two three years down the road he's not part of this Flyers team because I think they just they're just that high on him now again not sure if it's going to happen right out of camp but I think it's going to happen so I guess because he's another guy battling uh, someone we talked a little about but not much over the last couple of days is Adam Ginning, uh, 23 years old, came over from Sweden last year, actually did see an NHL game uh, and played 68 with the Phantoms. Does he have a legitimate chance? Like, we talked about the defensive depth chart uh, yesterday, and maybe, like, in my head it's, well, Zamul is going to be the seven because, right. or six, whatever it is. Yeah. Nick Sealer, there's going to be, you know, a rotation probably. But just based on what the depth chart is, they got seven guys. Uh, is he going to maybe be a first call up? Maybe after Mark Stahl or someone gets traded, you bring him up. Like, what, what are we going to see out of getting this year? I think he's got a better chance to make this team than most people think okay. because and to be clear like I've long been an Adam getting skeptic oh. dating back to when he was drafted I thought the pick was terrible they use a second round pick on a guy who has the ceiling of being like better Robert Haig and to me the second round isn't when you take guys like that that's when you take guys in maybe the fifth round because they just don't have a ceiling of being an impact guy but and I think for a while the organization because he was he was taken in the last Ron Hextall draft so when the Fletcher regime came in, I think they generally looked at him as a guy who, you know, you know, we'll keep him in the organization. But when we have to sign an entry level deal, we're just going to let him go because he's not our kind of player. He very much over the last, I'd say, two years, I think, convinced a lot of people in this organization. And obviously there's some holdovers. Brent Flair is still there and whatnot. But they really, really liked what they saw from him in Lehigh Valley last year. Like, a guy who I liked for a long time, Linus Hogberg, essentially got beat out for his spot in the organization by Ginning. Like, Ginning took his job, and they let Hogberg go because it was basically like, okay, well— Linus, like, Ginning does everything you do but better. They they really, really liked the pairing of, of Ginning and Ronnie Adderd. They thought that pairing worked out really well in the sense of, you know, Ginning letting Adderd freelance and kind of be in the stay-at-home stabilizing guy. So I think Ginning's got a shot. I really do. That said, if I had to put money on it, like, he strikes me as more of the first call-up kind of guy. Just because it's a numbers game, you look at it, let's say the first pair is Sanheimer Salina and the second Second pair is York Stahl. Third pair on paper looks like it's Sealer Walker. Maybe Zamula kicks in there and pushes one of those guys to the bench. But Zamula's probably making this team. That means that if if Ginning, if Adderd, if, if Emil Andre, or if they're going to make the team, they got to push one of those two vets out of the lineup because aside from Zamula, who has to make the team because if they wave him, they might lose him for nothing. Those guys, they're, you know, guys like Adder, getting Andre, they're going to look at it as, we'd rather have them playing 20 minutes a night in the minors than serving as the eighth defenseman and barely playing at all. So they have to earn a spot in the lineup to make this team. And I'm not saying it's impossible. There's a reason why I have guys like Andre and getting on my list as they're legitimately in the mix because, let's be honest, but guys... they have to win a job. They have to win a job. And, like, Nick Sealer was pretty good for the Flyers last yeah. year Sean Walker he hasn't been great recently there's a reason why LA dumped him but he's been decent it's in the past so <laughs> it's not going to be like these jobs are going to be handed to these guys they have to play really well I just look at getting and I see a guy who the organization is very high on right now who has a lot of momentum in terms of how people view him in terms of how the Flyers view him and I think he's going to get a much longer look than a lot of people think he might we have a lot more rookies to talk about but uh, first we have to take a quick break so I can tell you about 
Foco, Charlie. Got to tell you about Foco. Uh, if you can't tell if you're watching the video stream, I'm a gear guy, right? Sure Jersey, are. matching shoes, hat. I, I like my gear. Hey, the Eagles I'm are a, playing I'm tonight. a fan. Yeah, it's game day. Yeah, exactly. And today is game day. Maybe you want to get some gear. There's no better place to do it than Foco. They have the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. You know, it's football. It's tailgating season. You're going to need some warm weather stuff. We've been talking, man. Red October's coming. Philly's going go. to the playoffs. Whether you need overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, it's everything you need for a game and for game day. Uh, whether you're looking for team apparel and accessories or toys, collectibles, and novelty items, Foco's got you. And they always have our back for Philly sports. So get some Foco on your back uh, because they have all of ours. So get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show. And for all non pre sale items use promo code phly for 10 percent off that's phly for 10 percent off at foco your be your best place for the absolute greatest officially licensed gear and uh sports for all fandoms chuck uh i want to we have a lot of stuff like in the outline today we're not going to get to there, it all there's a lot of we stuff to talk this about this is the beautiful part yeah. of the five day a week format when there are things when we don't get to them we can tomorrow you know it's, it's, it's a great thing uh but there are some guys that are at this camp who didn't really make your list and yeah, it's it's not a shock. I'm not like criticizing your list. You're probably right. You know way more about this than me. But Thank it's you, just Bill. names that names that we uh, like have come to know. And I just want to know your thoughts on them. I actually saw a comment from uh, it's right at the top now asking about Zade Wisdom, the ceiling on Zade Wisdom. And I want to start with him because he turned 21 just a couple of months ago, and I forgot his rookie season was. The weird year where I don't think there was a yeah it was, he couldn't it, go to the it, OHL. It was twenty twenty one. It so was the he, year that started in January. So yeah. his age nineteen season, he started with the Phantoms because there was no OHL at the time. He scored six goals and nine points in his first eight AHL games, and I'm a hype guy. And Wayne Simmons, like when the Flyers drafted Wisdom, tweeted, and I love Wayne. He's like, Philly's gonna love this dude. It's like, well, bring him up. They couldn't score a goal at the time. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, eight games in, don't care. Bring up the 19-year-old. And since then, hasn't really done a ton yeah. uh, in terms of uh, like productivity. He went back to the OHL in 2021-22. Then last year, returned to the Phantoms. He scored three goals in 45 games in the AHL. Ended up seeing time in the ECHL. Yeah. What? What's uh what's up with uh what's up with Zade Wisdom now that he's you know, he's only 21 years old but man that ceiling we saw we thought we saw a couple years ago I think has been lowered so I think he's just had a rough last few years I think obviously that that run in the AHL granted it wasn't as good of an AHL as it normally is because the league just was weaker with everything with the pandemic and there were those taxi squads that weakened all the AHL teams so it wasn't oh, right. it wasn't yeah, quite yeah. like you were dominating the real AHL but 19 years old doing something in a pro league against legitimate pro players pretty darn impressive really what's happened to him over the last couple of years I think the first thing that hurt him was his entire 20 2021-2022 season got messed up because he had shoulder surgery at the start. So it all got messed up. You know, it was, well, maybe we'll have him in the AHL. Then they were they decided, now nah, we'll send him back to the OHL. He didn't do that great. From what I understand about last year, it got off to a really rough start in part because I think Wisdom kind of made a mistake. He really focused on bulking up last summer. And I think it actually took away from the strengths of his game. I think he might have overdid it a bit. And then he just got off to a bad start, ended up down in the ECHL, and it just was a, it kind of was a lost developmental year. You're really hoping to see him take a step back this year. He didn't make our list. He was close. I think he might have been like 21st or 22nd, something like that. I still think there's something there. And I go back to, as you said, the way he played in the AHL, even if it wasn't the AHL, it was still the AHL. Let's be honest here. There's something there. This is a guy who was the line mate of Shane Wright, and he did a really, really good job in that role. I still think there's something there, but after the way last season went, after he wasn't able to stick with the Phantoms and ended up in the ECHL for a long time, you have to lower his stock. That said, I think what I've always been told about Zade Wisdom is that 
he's a guy that like you bet on him finding a way. This is a guy who has never had anything handed to him. And you can him. do it at DraftKings. Oh my god. <laughs> but seriously, this is a guy who has has never had anything handed to him. He he came up from an underprivileged background. This was a guy who like he's had to work for literally everything he's gotten. And the the impression I've gotten from everybody who's talked to him, I've talked to him a little bit, but I've never done the the big features that some of my colleagues have done on him. Basically just that like if there's a way he's going to get the most out of his talent so this is a big year for him in that I don't think he's pushing to make the team or anything like that but he's pushing to kind of put himself back on the prospect map and I'm rooting for him I hope he's able to do it I would really like that as well it just it seems like a great story I mean as soon as you get the Wayne Simmons sta- stamp of approval you're my guy and Fair. then when the Flyers can't score a goal and you have you know nine points in eight games I'm demanding you play now you have my reputation on the line <laughs> so like I, I need him to be good so I'm retroactively smart that's that's how I look that's at how it, it works right uh, yeah I think so yeah um another dude not on your list but but 2021 second rounder, uh, Samu Tuamala. Samu Tuamala, yeah. Uh, you know, no points in 13 Liga games last yeah. year. He and did then, make the list. And he was then just down low. He did. And then 27 goals, though, in 31 games in the Mestiz League, which yeah. I assume is the next level down. Yeah. Uh, that's still a huge, like, 27 goals in 31 games is video game stuff. Uh, but, what, like, where does he fit in here, organizational depth chart? Is he going to be a guy who maybe what he did last year is who he is like one of those quad oh he's gonna score a ton at the ahl and it's never really gonna translate is there another level to his game like what do you think of him well he's another guy in my mind who's entering into a really important year because the the big thing that's been an issue for him in his first two post-draft seasons is that he really hasn't been able to find himself a home The, the first year he wanted to come over to north america the flyers were skeptical that he could actually hack it in the ahl played him in a few games then he ended up in limbo for a while then he went back over to finland it was a whole thing last year they thought he was in a spot where he was going to get a lot of playing time he was playing on a team that was coached by a former nhl player Oli jokinen it just didn't work it, it didn't work out they were a trapping team to amala's best skill is his speed he's he's a, a shooter it just didn't work stylistically and i think it really threw him off from a confidence standpoint and suddenly you got a guy a second round pick who's had two straight really lost developmental years well this year he's coming over to north america he's staying in North America, he's going to be a phantom. So what you're going to see is now you're going to see a guy who is under the Flyers' watchful eye. They have full control over his entire development, and they have full control over, like, kind of pushing him to play the way they want him to play. Now, I don't know if there's anything there. What I can tell you is he has NHL tools. He's an NHL-caliber skater right now. He's got a legitimately good shot. I saw it on the ice today. He beat, I have a, a video that I might post later of him sniping one. Uh, I think it was high glove on, um, I think it might have been on Bjarnason, actually. Um, so he's got some tools, and I I liked what I saw from him in the uh, development camp scrimmage for anybody that watched that, anybody that was there. He really seemed in that in that five on five scrimmage, which slowly got cut down like to four on four, three on three, whatever. He was simplifying his game. His big problem, I think, so far in his career is that he's a perimeter guy. He loves to shoot from all angles, and it's just not necessarily— oh, That'll go over real well with the coach they have. It's not necessarily a style that's conducive <laughs> to NHL play. The guy who was in that scrimmage, it was heavy on the forecheck, just harassing defensemen, trying to force turnovers. And then, yeah, he'd get his shots off, but he was attacking the high-danger areas. He was kind of using that speed in, like, a gritty way. And to me, if he's going to make it at the NHL level, it's not going to be if if he was going to be a first or a second liner, we would have seen it by now. So if he wants to make it in North America, if he wants to be an NHL player, it's going to have to be as, you know, maybe almost like and I, I hate to use this because it cuts down on the ceiling, but he could be like a Daryl Powell type, you know, a guy who's real fast and just an, and just annoying, just an annoying player to play against. And if he can do that, I think the tools are there. The question is whether he can actually change his mentality away from I'm a goal scorer to I'm a role player. And that's so many role players have to make that distinction at some point in their career. Cause like you're in the NHL, you have probably been the best player on your team. One of the best players on your team, your entire life. 
So is everyone else here, dude. So if you're going to be that third or fourth liner, that guy who grinds and does those things, it's a decision you have to make. It's not, no one's born with that naturally. Everyone wants to be great. Well, Connor McDavid's in this league, dude. So good <laughs> yeah. luck. You know, yeah, better than you him. ain't that. You're going to have to do something else to make it here, and hopefully, he makes that decision. A couple more people I want to get to on this uh, on the list that I prepared. Oh yeah, Mason Millman, 2019 fourth rounder, only oh 20, 2019 draft pick, only 22 years old. Seems wild. He to was me. young for his draft year. Uh, he bounced between Lehigh Valley and Reading the last few seasons. He was part of that uh, the, the draft where everyone had alliteration, like their everyone's yes. first and last yes. name started with the same letter. Love that. Uh, but Mason Millman, just a guy I've like, tried to keep an eye on, and uh, you know, fourth round pick. Some make it, some don't. But but he's he's here at the rookie camp. Yeah, Millman's a guy. Like obviously he's here at the rookie camp. He's he's on an entry level contract, so you're going to invite him. He's a guy where I think he needs to have a huge year because I'm just looking at the way his development's gone. I'm getting to the point where I'm skeptical if he's actually going to get another contract with this organization. I liked the pick when they made it. He had one plus tool, and that one plus tool was he was a really good skater. He was maybe the most rail-thin prospect of those early development camps. He had literally no muscle on him at all, but he could skate. And you give me a defensive that can skate, maybe you can mold him into something. So far, it just hasn't worked out. That said, you know, he's got one more year on his entry-level deal. He could still change the narrative surrounding his career. And this is his chance. You know, last year, as you said, he's bounced back and forth between the AHL and the ECHL. He's probably more of an ECHL player at the moment than he is an AHL player. But you never know. I mean, and granted, I know it ultimately didn't play out for him. But um, but look at that. Uh, who is the guy I'm blanking? Um, the guy who they signed straight, basically straight out of the ECHL. He got traded oh, recently. Yeah, yeah, the guy I'm, who made the team last year I'll because they loved him. Yeah. yeah, that guy. Um, it, you can turn your you can turn your career around quick if you really, really, you know, if the skills there and you find a way to make it click. I'm very skeptical that Mason Millman will make a make it click, but you never know. So only only two goalies at this rookie camp, uh, one of them a camp invite, Nolan Meyer, but 2023 second rounder Carson Bjornsson. Any see anything out of him today? You said it was a lot of rush stuff. It was just kind of guys shaking off the rust. Was there is there anything to what you saw from him today? Because they took him pretty high. Yeah, it's funny when I, I really do try to focus in these rookie camps, particularly development camp, but rookie camp also to a degree. It's really hard for me to judge goalies I mean, because I just I don't know the interest. In Hayden Hodson, there we go. That's who I was that's thinking the of. One. Boom. Good job, Joshua Katz. Thank you very much. I think YGL Hockey got a first, actually. Oh yeah, it's right there. Okay. Yep, so yep. there Way we to go. go. But uh, everybody wins. I just don't know the intricacies of the position to the point where I can evaluate Carson Bjarnason and how he looks in a practice. At least in a game, you can judge a guy based on the goals he gives up and the big saves. But he's a guy where he's definitely going back to juniors. He's hopefully going to be playing for a slightly better Brandon Wee Kings team than the one he played for last year, which was atrocious defensively. And hopefully, as that team gets better. Better. Hopefully his numbers start to look better, and hopefully he starts to establish himself as one of the better Canadian goalie prospects. He was the first Canadian goalie taken in this draft, so that tells me that he has a chance to potentially be a national team guy for them in World Juniors, which will give him an opportunity to play for a good team, even if it's not in Brandon. So we'll see. He's more of a project, but he's a guy just keep an eye on it and see how those numbers look as hopefully his junior team gets better. Charlie, it's 4.51 p.m., is it? You know what that means? It's almost game time, which oh. is huge because, man, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their bright, best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have you can get Eagles tickets right now. Game time. You can still make the decision. I'm going. I'm going to see the home opener. It's probably going to be some sort of NFC Champions banner unveiling. They're going to beat the hell out of the Vikings yet again because that's what they do. It. That's what they do at the link is beat up the Vikings. I I just can't come up with any reason not to log into Game Time right now and get a. 
get some Eagles tickets for tonight because it is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. That's that's tonight. Uh, what do you know? <laughs> get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. You'll make money on the transaction if you find tickets cheaper. That's how... That's how uh, optimistic they are confident confident Damn. that's the word that's how confident they, they are try to help a little yeah. bit <laughs> that they have the absolute best deals so snag the tickets without the stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code phly for 20 dollars off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code phly for your first uh, for 20 dollars off your first purchase at game time download game time today last minute tickets lowest prices guaranteed all right to uh to wrap up today chuck just a few mailbag questions now we will be back tomorrow 2 30 to get into even more rookie camp stuff it'll be uh they have a morning skate tomorrow they will have and a morning the skate. first of the yep. two rookie games up in allentown friday night and saturday yep so it's gonna be there's a lot going on yeah, with the flyers i'll, all I'll of be, be stopping off at the studio do the show and then Put on a suit, hop in the car, and drive up to Allentown to catch that game. So so we're going to start out with a question from uh, Marshall Morisau. He says, you and Charlie talk about when the Flyers are good, Torts won't be their coach. Who do you think or want that to be? Do you have a name? Yes. I, I mean, I have a name who I would love it to be, but it's a name that I do not think would ever be the coach. Uh... Yeah, I mean, I want it to be Deion Sanders. <laughs> Coach Prime? <laughs> yeah, I, I want Coach <laughs> Prime, personally. Uh, but, no, I mean, I would love, but they don't seem to run their AHL team like this. Like, the next young up-and-coming guy. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you who I don't want another Tortorella. And I don't mean personality-wise. I just mean someone whose name I know right now. That's fair. what I don't want. That's fair. Now, maybe, like, listen, maybe a great coach will become available, and it's like, well, we had to, you know? But... I want a coach who will grow with the team. Like, this is going to be a young team with high expectations at some point. And I want a coach. And he doesn't have to be 24 years old. That's not what I'm saying. It would be funny. But I just want a guy who will grow with the team uh, like has happened in Tampa. That's what I want. Or like has happened in Colorado. I think that's fair. And that's... I would say that most likely that would be my answer as well, because you want a guy who has new ideas, who has a fresh approach, who can connect with his players. Like, look, these guys are all going to have suffered through the John Tortorella era. Hopefully they will be better players for it because they were pushed. But I do think that the way the, the way that NHL coaching is moving, the direction it's moving is away from guys like Tortorella and towards guys who are a little bit more, I, hate, I hesitate to use the term nice, but just are a little bit more about like fostering a positive relationship with their players rather than challenging them and yelling at them. Now, I'm not saying that Torts, I'm, I'm not saying that Torts' way the, can't work. Oh, yeah. I'm just saying that like he's kind of going the way of the dodo. On that, that's just the way it is. That that's the way that the game is trending. That's the way that the players that those are the types of guys that the players tend to respond to better so that i would generally speaking agree with you the only exception and as i said i do not think he would ever take this job because i don't think he will ever i think if he ever leaves where he's at now i don't think he would coach anywhere else i would take rod brindamore in a heartbeat yeah heartbeat i mean he's all of our one he's yeah. a great coach two he's the one that got away yeah exactly. like, he's it's we've always wanted rod to be the coach of this team if you could get him but it seems like he's He's got a pretty cushy game. Yeah, it seems it basically seems that if he's not coaching in Carolina, he's not coaching. Yeah, I would I would bet that's the way it goes. Said, but you never know. It's the Flyers, man. Yeah, you know what? If, Maybe they really do restore the culture of everyone coming back. Exactly. If anybody could convince Rod Burnamore to coach somewhere not Carolina, you would think it would be like Jonesy and LeClaire yeah. and all the guys that played yeah, with like him. His, his teammates. Well, I guess he never played with Jonesy, but he definitely played with LeClaire. Uh, yeah, no, I don't think. Yeah, so. I don't think there was any overlap. There. But there's plenty of people in the organization that did. I'm sure Jonesy knows him. <laughs> Jonesy knows literally everyone uh from jared at jb uh, phi last and this is something we talked about a little yesterday but i just blurted it out because i wanted to uh last year all but two playoff teams had a 40 goal score on the roster uh who will be the flyers next 40 goal score in a season and is he on the 2023 opening roster is he in the system 
I so I think that it's possible that both Owen Tippett and Travis Kennedy could hit forty. I think they both have the ability to. TK plays the full year. Like considering the usage, I would bet he, he, has he a certainly good could. But I'm gonna go. I wouldn't say off board, but I'm gonna guess Cutter Gauthier. Cutter. Cutter will the be next. the first. Oh wow, that's. I mean, I really want it to be Owen Tippett, and like if it's Connect Me, fine. Could but be Forrester too. In, yeah, in my head, like. Connect me is getting traded, even though I'm mm. not sure if he is or not. But it's I really want it to be Owen Tippett because I just really like this kid. The way he stepped up last year and yeah. really responded and everything that went down. So I'm hoping it's Tippett. I'm hoping it's this year. But it would be cool if it was Cutter. I like him a lot. I think Cutter absolutely has 40-goal talent. And especially given the fact, like, the way the game is changing with guys having more space, you put a, a 6-2, 6-3 guy on the ice with the way they call the game now who has his shot, who can create space for himself. I mean, I'm expecting him to score a lot of goals in the NHL. Finally, at Soundflyer14, if this podcast could be a certain variety of sandwich made at Wawa, which one would it be? Do you have a go-to? Do you have a go-to Wawa order? You know, it's... It's, it's funny because... You're like a healthy guy. Well, Look at you. No, I love Wawa. The okay. problem is is that I haven't lived near a Wawa in a right. while. Yeah, yeah. I used to live near the one... This was years ago. I used to live near the one right uh, close to the art museum. Mm-hmm. And I used to go there all the time. But it's been a while since I've lived close to there. I don't know. You know I can see Wawa from my driveway. Yeah, like, I don't know. Maybe just like a classic Italian hoagie. You know, we're... <laughs> we're we, we, we play to the we play to the hits. I don't know. Play the hits. You got you got a better That's, idea. I, I, my go to is what I'm gonna say, and it's the uh, the the breaded chicken finger sandwich. Okay. Buffalo ranch, pepper jack, onions, pickles. Okay. That's my go to every single Any time. Any reasoning for that? Yeah, because it's delicious. I mean, it was like, well, I'm wearing an Eagles shirt jersey, so yeah. got to have the green pickles. Yeah, exactly. You know, I don't know. It, what would have orange? Would there be? Is there a the sam- buffalo sauce? Okay, is the buffalo there sauce is orange. So there we go. Right. We got something there. Yeah, the pickles are green for the Eagles. Yeah, yeah there's something there. Something there for everybody. I, I, I just wanted to say just, what just my like s- something there I for just everybody. To say what my sandwich was. <laughs> all right, that is all the time we have for you on PHLY Flyers for today. We will be back tomorrow at two thirty. Hope to see you then. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for hanging out if you haven't already hit that subscribe button like subscribe set your notifications all that stuff so you never miss an episode of charlie and i talking flyers that'll do it for us have a great week philly